because we believe not one person, not one child should ever wake up or go to bed hungry. Because more opportunities earlier create stronger foundations later. Today on Because Radio, the Children's Hospital Guild of Manitoba works to improve children's health care in our province. The Manitoba Museum opens its brand new Winnipeg Gallery, exploring the history of our city through new artifacts and exhibits. Johnson Group supports a variety of community initiatives that make our city a better place. And this week's Winnipeg Impact maker, Gorilla Jack, is providing a place to keep property safe while supporting a local cause. All this and more on Because Radio. Hello and welcome to Because Radio, episode number 29. My name is Robert Zirk. And I'm Sonny Promolo. Sonny, welcome back. How are you feeling this week? You know what? Stomach virus is all gone, so feeling a lot better now. And what's even more better about that is... It's the Super Wednesdays at Nathan's Detroit Sandwich Pad. That's right. I had a chance to go yesterday and try the Baba's Chicken Soup with matzo balls and dumplings, and it was really, really delicious and supports a great cause. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show, but uh, we've got a fantastic show for you today. To start things off, today's foundation feature focuses on children, youth, and families and highlights the work of the Children's Hospital Guild of Manitoba. The guild, which counts more than 200 members, is volunteer-driven, and they've raised more than $3 million to support the Children's Hospital. So, in recognition of their community support, the Children's Hospital Guild of Manitoba will be receiving the Outstanding Service Group Award at the Manitoba Philanthropy Awards on November 15th, and I'll be joined by past presidents Bonnie Patinode and Meredith MacArthur to learn more. This week's foundation feature on Because Radio focuses on children, youth, and families. Welcome back to Because Radio. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined in studio by Bonnie Patinode and Meredith MacArthur. They are both past presidents of the Children's Hospital Guild of Manitoba. Bonnie, Meredith, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. For those of our listeners who aren't familiar with the Children's Hospital Guild of Manitoba, can you tell me what is it and how does it relate to the Children's Hospital Foundation? Children's Hospital Guild is a group of women who have been together for about a hundred and something years. And we uh, help the hospital. We help the hospital by fundraising for a variety of uh, things. Basically, our biggest fundraiser would be for the foundation for the research part of it. The Children's Hospital Guild is composed of many sort of separate groups. One group helps the Children's Hospital gift shop, which is right in the Children's Hospital. So it's all volunteer run, and so we supply the volunteers for the gift shop. We also have the nearly new shop on Portage Avenue, which is a secondhand shop, also run completely by volunteers, and all the proceeds go to the Children's Hospital Foundation. We have a Sew for Kids group, which sews and knits and provides items for the hospital such as receiving blankets, pajama pants, quilts, 
any little thing that the child life department requests of us to make for to make the kids stay in the hospital a little more comfortable. We put on a fashion show every year that is widely attended. We had 400 people there this year and raised a lot of money to support projects in the hospital, specific equipment, and also some of the money goes to research. So we really feel that we cover all the bases in helping kids. I had no idea that the uh, the Children's Hospital Guild had been around for, for so long. That's amazing, and, and so many different projects that, uh, that you're involved with. When the hospital was begun by Annie A. Bond in 1908 or 1909, yeah. I think it was, there was a volunteer group of women who worked with Annie Bond to support that hospital, and they did everything from rolling bandages to reading to children to anything that was required in that little hospital. That was the St. Agnes Guild. Over the years, there were four or five other guilds that started to support the hospital in different ways. And then about uh, 10 or 11 years ago, we amalgamated all those five guilds into one guild, as now called the Children's Hospital Guild of Manitoba. How many members does the Children's Hospital Guild have at the moment? I think we're around 200, but we would love more. If anyone's interested in joining our guild, just uh, contact the Research Foundation and they'll uh, put you through to someone that can help you. It's wonderful to have new people, new ideas, and uh, we need younger members. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask each of you, Bonnie and Meredith, why why did you want to to volunteer with the guild? Why, what inspired you and motivated you to uh, to want to be a part of this? Well, I started in 1980, and at the time, I had just had a child, and she had some heart issues, and we were in Children's Hospital a lot, and a neighbor of mine belonged to the Guild, and she said, well, you know, why don't you come and just take a look and see if this might be something you would like to do? So I came, and it it was something that um, I thought would, you know, benefit us, my husband and I, and our daughter. And other children. And so I became a member, and I'm glad I have over the years because we've done some pretty unique things and some wonderful, wonderful people I've met. And Meredith is one of them. (laughs) Bonnie recruited me. Uh, We were neighbors at the time, and I had been involved with some other groups that were more like self-help groups and wanted to do something that was for the larger community. I had four healthy children who didn't at that time require the services of the hospital, but you never know what's around the corner and you never know what's going to happen. And I thought, I want to support a hospital that is going to be there if I need it for my kids. And once I got involved, as Bonnie said, the people were just so great and I enjoyed meeting new people and and feeling like I was contributing to something really worthwhile. So I've just continued. It's been over 30 years for me as well. That's fantastic. And congratulations uh, to both of you on that. And it really goes back to people helping other people out. What would you say is uh, is the most rewarding part of being involved with a group like the Children's Hospital Guild? I think it's just knowing that what we do in our fundraising efforts makes a big difference to the kids in the hospital. We've had the opportunity to meet some of the champion children that the foundation has singled out to represent them. And These kids tell stories of what happened to them when they were in the hospital and the equipment that was needed while they were there that made a difference between their lives continuing or not continuing, which is pretty incredible. So it's really heartwarming to think that our fundraising has contributed 
greatly to those things that make kids not just make them more comfortable in the hospital, but also make a difference between life and death. I can't imagine losing a child, and I think it must be a horrible thing to happen. So if we can help those kids survive, it's fantastic. On November 15th, National Philanthropy Day, the Manitoba Philanthropy Awards are happening, and uh, the Children's Hospital Guild of Manitoba has been recognized as uh, receiving the Outstanding Service Group Award for this year's awards. So congratulations uh, to both of you and to the Guild for receiving that honour. How did it feel when you got the message that the Children's Hospital Guild was going to be uh, recognized for an award? It was really exciting. It you know, we don't do the work to look for recognition, but it's always nice to be recognized for the work that you do. And because we're a large group, everyone has a little part to play. Some put more effort in one year, some put more effort in another time. But the fact that we've been recognized in the province as an outstanding service group is pretty exciting. And it's heartwarming to think that, because a lot of people don't know who we are. We're not out in the public eye all the time. But it's nice to know that somewhere someone recognized our efforts that have been going on for throughout the years and and recognizing us i i personally was shocked and a little bit in the heartstrings were pulled there yeah. so yeah it's it's wonderful every it's- year we have a a day when we award what we call the quarter century awards and every year we have at least two or three people who are receiving a pin for 25 years of service and we have several people who have put in over 50 years right. of service. Wow. So we're very fortunate to have a group of people that are so committed that they stick around. It's fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to add about the Children's Hospital Guild before we sign off? I think other than the fact that, you know, we are a group of women who are very strongly committed. And each one of us has a different time schedule in our life. Um, so if you're thinking, well, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that because I don't have the time. We are very, very flexible in the activities that we do uh, on the times that we do them. We don't get together every week. We get together once a month and not necessarily every month. And so if you have time, just a little bit of time, we would love to have you. And um, if you have uh, material at home or books, <laughs> because we are very involved in Children's Hospital Book Market, we would love you to donate them to your nearest... Fire halls. Fire or, halls, pardon or, me, fire halls. Dufresne not, Furniture. Yeah, yes. Dufresne. And we'll take almost any kind of book as long as it's in really good condition. And um, if you have material contact the foundation, Meredith, myself, Anna. There's quite a few ladies who can either pick them up from you or you can drop them off, whatever. We can make use of the fabric for our projects in the hospital. Are there any events that are coming up that you're organizing on the horizon that you'd like to talk about? Well, we have a craft night coming up November 7th um, where we make decorated candy canes to give out to the kids in the hospital at Christmas time. Other than that, I don't think we have anything specific coming up until April when the next book market sale will be. Yeah, we just finished our large fundraiser a couple last week. That was our fashion show. But the nearly new shop on Portage Avenue and the Children's Hospital gift shop are ongoing, and we always need volunteers for that. So, Or donations of used clothing and household goods for the nearly new shop are always welcome as well. And so if any of our listeners are interested in uh, in being a part of this and they want to uh, to help out and volunteer, what's the best way for them to get in contact and get more information? They can go online at goodbear.ca. Uh, that will give them a link to the Children's Hospital Foundation. 
um, or they can call the foundation office at 787-4000. And that's probably the easiest way for them to get in touch with us, and the foundation will forward those that information to us. I've been speaking with Bonnie Patinode and Meredith MacArthur. Uh, they are both past presidents of the Children's Hospital Guild of Manitoba, which is being recognized as uh, an outstanding service group at this year's Manitoba Philanthropy Awards. And congratulations on that again. And thank you so much, uh, Bonnie and Meredith, for speaking with me today. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Robert. Up next, the Manitoba Museum has been updating and adding to its galleries through its Bringing Our Stories Forward renewal project. And one major component of that renewal is the brand new Winnipeg Gallery, which opened last Friday, November 1st, and explores Winnipeg's history through newly displayed artifacts, audiovisuals, and digital exhibits. It's an engaging and exciting new addition to the museum. And prior to its opening, we had the opportunity to tour it with uh, the museum's curator of history, Roland Swatsky. I am here at the Manitoba Museum in the brand new Winnipeg Gallery, which opens November 1st, and I'm joined by the museum's curator of history, Roland Sawatsky. Roland, thank you so much for joining me today. Glad to be here. So first of all, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about why the Manitoba Museum created this Winnipeg Gallery. What, why is it important for the museum to have this new exhibit to, uh, to tell these stories? Well, one of the reasons was that we had been planning a major renewal of some of our galleries for quite some time, and um, we realized that there was this space uh, available for us and that we were also missing really a, a major portion of our province's history, and that's, that's a comprehensive history of the city of Winnipeg, our capital. We already have the Urban Gallery, and that's going to stay. It's, it's, a, it's a favorite of our visitors. It's a great space, uh, and that really shows Winnipeg in 1920. But we wanted something that was more overarching, that gathered more of the stories of Winnipeggers into it in a comprehensive way. How long was the, uh, the planning process for creating this exhibit? Uh, really, the intensive planning and, uh, and production happened in the last two years. Uh, there were already some concepts and discussions going on before that, of course, but I think the last two years is when we've really put it all together. And one of our main, two of our main goals really was to include Indigenous history throughout, uh, from early times right to the present, and to make sure that that's fully integrated and interwoven with the rest of the history of Winnipeg as well. Uh, another thing that re- was really top of mind was that this museum, Manitoba Museum, was built between 1968 and uh, mostly 1980s with some new galleries later on as well. Uh, But um, we hadn't captured anywhere really the story of people that have come to this province in the last couple of decades. And so this is our chance to talk about the experience of newcomers as well. And a pretty fitting way to kind of go into the museum's 50th anniversary in 2020. Absolutely. And that's where we'll be opening two new galleries, a new orientation gallery and a new grasslands gallery, um, both of which are related to this. So, uh, yeah, it's all part of the larger plan. Excellent. So when people come to check out the Winnipeg Gallery, what can they expect to see? Well, one of the main features is a eight and a half minute film about the history of Winnipeg. It gives you a basic chronology. It's dramatic. It's got lots of great imagery, really big. And that's something that, you know, Winnipeg hasn't really provided itself anywhere. And so this is our chance to do that. And people who come and see it will hopefully recognize uh, the architecture that surrounds that film. 
Uh, it's from the uh, the old opening and from one of the showcase windows of the Eaton's building on Portage Avenue. And on the other side of the gallery, we have a seven meter long glass exhibit case, um, and it includes seven different themes that run through the history of Winnipeg. So for instance, uh, Winnipeg as an indigenous homeland, Winnipeg as a city of water, Winnipeg as a uh, city of newcomers that run right through our history. And so we can get into those themes more in depth. Uh, and then there are two brand new, very large digital kiosks where you can explore the stories of the individual artifacts in those cases. Very cool. And that was one thing that really stood out to me um, in just taking a brief tour of the Winnipeg Gallery is that idea of interactivity. There's a lot of there's a lot of video components. There's also a large map kiosk that shows how Winnipeg has grown and and different landmarks of Winnipeg. First, the, the, uh, there's video interviews and there's audio clips uh, with people that have moved to Winnipeg. And that's a really important part of this ex- exhibition, I think, because it helps tell the story from the people's perspective. And uh, one of the big parts of this gallery was really working with the community. Uh, we worked with an Indigenous advisory circle and dozens of members of the Indigenous community to develop these exhibits, to tell their stories. And we also worked with the community engagement team for immigration to gather stories as well and really emphasize the points that they wanted to emphasize. So uh, it's been two years of this kind of collaborative effort and you will see the people of Winnipeg in this exhibit for sure. And then in terms of the map, changing Winnipeg map table, uh, that's a large digital uh, table where you can run through uh, the maps of Winnipeg from the 1850s right through to the present. Uh, And so you can see how Winnipeg has grown and changed over time. And then you can delve deeper by hitting, uh, touching certain icons and then um, exploring different parts of our history, like landmarks or transportation. Uh, Everybody's favorite so far is disasters. And so certain buttons let you release the floods. We're standing by right now a wall of Winnipeg personalities from all throughout Winnipeg's history. Some people who are still doing great work today. Tell us a little bit about the idea behind highlighting these 30 Winnipeg personalities. Yes, uh, the, the, the goal really is to show people a snapshot of, of the people of Winnipeg. Uh, w- what I would like is for people to walk in here and say, yes, this is what Winnipeg looks like. These are our people. And uh, a lot of them have done you know, great things. A lot of people are just regular people. And it's built to change as well so that we can update it. We can get new personalities in there. Yeah, I think it's, it's a friendly space that you, know, you, you see yourself. What are you hoping that people will take away from experiencing the Winnipeg Gallery? Well, that's a good question. Um, one of the things I hope people walk away with is a sense that Winnipeg, since its beginnings, right up to the present time, is a very dynamic city with a very rich history. It's, I think, probably the most interesting city in the country, uh, just in terms of its history and its people. Winnipeg has struggled in some ways, but it's always sought to overcome those struggles too. It um, develops community projects, it uh, develops ways forward, it deals with its issues in, in sometimes really positive ways. And I think that's something that Winnipegers should be proud of. I know I became increasingly proud of that uh, aspect of our history while I was doing the research. And so I, I think people walk away with a really positive impression. Fantastic. And is there anything else you'd like to, uh, to add about the uh, Winnipeg Gallery before we sign off? 
Well, I hope people come and, and take a look and spend some time here. And it's built also for multiple visits. There's a lot of material here, but I think it's engaging and uh, I think it should be fun for everyone. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the tour. I really enjoyed it and hope people will come out to check out the Winnipeg Gallery and people can visit uh, manitobamuseum.ca for more information. Roland, thank you again so much for speaking with me today. My pleasure. Thanks, Robert. Up next, as we mentioned earlier in the show, the Manitoba Philanthropy Awards are taking place on November 15th to honor the contributions that Manitobans have made to advancing philanthropy in our province. One organization that is being recognized for their outstanding contributions to philanthropy is the Johnston Group. Producer Jeremy Morantz recently spoke with Dave Angus, president of the Johnston Group, to learn more about the ways in which the company supports our community and encourages philanthropy among their staff. I'm Jeremy Morantz. You're listening to Because Radio. I'm sitting here right now with Dave Angus, president of Johnson Group. Johnson Group is, of course, being honored uh, next month for uh, outstanding contributions to philanthropy at the AFP Manitoba Philanthropy Awards. Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, pleasure. Let's start off, first of all, for those of, uh, of our listeners who don't know exactly what the Johnson Group does, maybe they've heard of it, they've heard the name, but uh, don't know exactly what goes on. Uh, can you explain that? Well, a lot, of, a lot of people don't know what Johnson Group is, actually, I find. Uh, but Johnson Group is an employee benefits company started about 35 years ago by David Johnston and his father, Art, here in Winnipeg, and now is a national company uh, working with employers across the country to provide good group benefits for their employees. So we have the Chamber of Commerce Plan, which is the largest small business group benefit plan in Canada. We have a maximum benefit plan, which is for larger groups. We have a sign-up plan working with Indigenous organizations. So it's really quite a significant company uh, that does business from coast to coast. Uh, all head office here in Winnipeg, 275 very proud Winnipeggers doing the work every day. So there is a reason you're being honored uh, at the Manitoba Philanthropy Awards. The organization is very involved in community initiatives and philanthropic work all across uh, you know, our, our city. So tell us, tell us about some of those philanthropic uh, activities the organization's involved in. Well, I joined the organization three years ago, and I, and I, you know, Johnson Group was known as being very philanthropic because people see us everywhere. Um, but I, a lot of people don't know sort of what our philosophy is when it comes to philanthropy. And what I found from David Johnston is that uh, he truly believes that the reason why we're in business and the reason why we're motivated to grow as a company is so we can, can contribute back more to our community. Uh, and so when you look at our breadth of giving, it covers a lot of elements of our community from the United Way to our arts community to uh, sports to to poverty, to families, to the indigenous community. It really does cover the waterfront. And that's uh, why I'm very proud to work at Johnson Group because I really think our giving really does in a way define the needs within our entire community. And so uh, I know David would be the first to say he's, you know, is very humble in terms of not wanting to showcase Johnson Group because he truly believes that this is what he should be doing. And you shouldn't really be recognizing, being recognized for what you should do. Uh, and he also feels very strongly that he's part of a, of a corporate community here in Winnipeg that uh, is very much the same. So as much as we are receiving the award, I think we're receiving the award on behalf of a number of Winnipeg companies that do exactly the same thing as Johnson Group. Well, why don't you touch a little bit on uh, on that value that corporate social responsibility provides to the community? What's the importance of it there? Uh, we went through a whole process last year 
Like when I first came to Johnson Group, I just kind of pulled together different groups of staff because I wanted to understand what the values of the organization were. Because I knew what the values of, of the Johnson family were, just in terms of how they demonstrated their commitment to community. Um, and what I found is that it isn't just about the Johnson family, that to a person, the organization and the individuals that work there, um, and a lot of them work there because of how philanthropic we are. They're proud to be part of a company that uh, contributes to community and feels an obligation to do so. But they also work very hard and so that we can do that. And so we always recognize the fact that we have 275 staff that feel exactly the same way as David Johnson and the Johnson family. Um, but it does go back to the values that David Johnson and his father started the organization with. And I really think values informed by the fact that we're a Winnipeg company, because they were Winnipeg values. Uh, we're the most philanthropic city in Canada, and I think we should be very proud of that. And I think that just filters through uh, the mindset of an organization like Johnston Group. Is there something about Winnipeg that uh, appeals to you uh, and your organization? Is there something about the city that, that's special and, uh, and provokes you to, to give back to it? Well, I think one of the things we really respect about Winnipeg is our ability to rally. So when the chips are down and we, when we're really faced with an issue, we have an ability to come together as a community. Uh, and we've seen that time and time again, whether it's uh, through the floods or whether it's through other sort of critical issues that our community is faced, faced with. Um, so I, I think that's part of it. But the other big part for us is that we just love this place. Uh, we, there is something special about Winnipeg. Yeah, we got, we got issues for sure. But, and I think a lot of it comes back to the people and who we are and how this environment here in Winnipeg really creates a certain value set that we hope we, re we represent as Johnson Group, but also uh, keeps us motivated to contribute back to the city because we think it's just, it's, it's just a great city. On a personal level, um, removing yourself from the role of president, just uh, Dave Angus, why do you feel that it's important to strengthen our local communities? Well, I ran the Winnipeg Chamber for 17 years prior to going to uh, Johnston Group. That's how I got to know Johnston Group. But I also got to know a lot of Winnipeg companies. And so, uh, you know, one of the things I, I am very proud of as a Winnipegger is this philanthrop philanthropic culture that's here. Um, you know, because it's amazing because I'm involved with United Way. We're very big supporters of United Way as well. Uh, and a number of different organizations. And when you go out to ask for contributions and you go out, out to ask for people to get involved, um, it's always a very easy yes, I find, uh, because people feel an obligation. So uh, there's a secret sauce here in Winnipeg that I really love. And um, you know, it's, I have two sons that uh, are now in their 20s. And my hope always from the beginning was that they would choose to stay here in Winnipeg and both have. And so uh, I think as a, as a family, we're also very proud to be part of, uh, part of this great community. So I know you said uh, your organization likes to be humble and uh, you, like, you like to not, not uh, bask in the glory of the philanthropic work. But uh, when you got that email or that phone call from the Association of uh, Fundraising Professionals, uh, what did it, what, what, how did you feel? What did that feel like? Well, you have two feelings. One is just one of pride, uh, you know, that uh, and, and, and gratefulness that, that, you know, people, you know, th think enough of you as an organization to put the time in to say, you know, you, this organization should be recognized. So it's nice to get that recognition. I also felt great for staff uh, because as much as we want to be and we are humble as an organization, 
there is it is motivating to staff to see their organization um, recognized because really they are the ones being recognized as a staff person at Johnson Group for the, for their effort. So there's that part of pride, but the other part is, and it goes to the the humbleness side, but for a reason. There are so many great organizations that deserve similar, if not even more, recognition here in Winnipeg. Um, and, and we see that. Like, we see companies, you know, we see the, you know, because they're Johnson Group, you know, one of those companies that people see as, as being philanthropic, but there are so many small, medium-sized companies that probably make even a greater sacrifice based on their size that, that don't get recognized necessarily for it. And they just do it because it's the right thing to do. So on the flip side, you know, we just feel that there's so many others that could also be recognized. Why us? Uh, but we'll stand up there and receive the award on behalf of Winnipeg businesses who feel the same way that we do, that we live in a great community. For the listener out there, you can learn more about uh, Johnson Group's community initiatives and philanthropic work at johnsongroup.ca, and you can learn more about the Manitoba Philanthropy Awards at community.afpglobal.org slash AFP Manitoba Chapter. Dave Angus, thank you so much for coming down here and talking to me today. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. And if you'd like to hear more from the Manitobans who are being recognized for their philanthropy in our province, be sure to download this week's Because and Effect podcast from the Winnipeg Foundation. This week, Nolan Bicknell interviews Paige Proctor, who is being recognized as an emerging leader in philanthropy at this year's awards. When a loved one was diagnosed with cancer, Paige was motivated to take action, and with the help of a team of volunteers, she initiated Coffee House to End Cancer, an event with keynote presentations and performance from local artists that's now raised more than $130,000 for Cancer Care Manitoba. Because everyone has a story about cancer, we need to build a community that supports each other and lifts us up when we have fallen down. Be sure to hear the full conversation with Paige Proctor on this week's episode of Because and Effect. That's episode number 21 by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen online by visiting becauseandeffect.org. Again, that's becauseandeffect.org. Up next, my co-host Sunny Primolo has been highlighting impact makers in our community as part of our Winnipeg Impact Makers segment. This week's Winnipeg Impact Maker, Gorilla Jack, is keeping property safe while supporting a local cause. Because it's in us as humans and as people to do better. Because if we can help each other, even just a little bit, even 1%, if everyone gives 1% and a thousand people give 1%, that's a lot. Welcome back to Because Radio. I'm Sonny Pomolo. As you all know, Manitoba is home to some of the most giving people in the country. To share those stories, I'm going around the city to speak with impact makers in Winnipeg. This week, I'm with Bernard Patzak, co-founder of Gorilla Jack Supplements, located on 1665 Main Street here in Winnipeg. Thanks for joining us on Because Radio. Thanks for having me on. Tell us about yourself. Uh, what's your story? And can you tell us about your journey to Gorilla Jack? Uh, my story is pretty simple. My parents came to Canada in 1981. Uh, I was born here. My brother came from with my parents from Poland, and uh, I have a University of Manitoba degree. And we, uh, together with my brother and our best friend Dave, uh, we started Gorilla Jack Supplements some 13 years ago. 
Excellent. So for those who are unfamiliar with Gorilla Jack, can you tell us what Gorilla Jack is and what makes you different from other supplement providers here in Winnipeg? Uh, well, simply put, Gorilla Jack is the local guys, right? So we fight the franchise because we want you to shop with the local guys. And what that means is we are local and community oriented. So our end goal is to always help out our community and our close community is the North End and our big community is the city of Winnipeg. So if we can do that and help, all while putting a good, strong, nice business in the North End and making our, our, our stamp on this area of town and making people have a nice place where they can go and have proper service, great supplements at a great price, but with kindness. Absolutely. So what kind of supplements can people expect? It ranges. We have your standard proteins, creatines, glutamines, like any other sports supplement store. Uh, we even specialize in certain tissue and joint products. Uh, we have certain ones that are very specific and are some of our most popular. But uh, your usual variety of sports supplements and convenience items when it comes to health orientation, like um, protein bars, uh, specialty drinks, and proteins in general. You recently announced a new Safe Drop program in support of local charities. So how does that work? One day I was walking my dog and I saw a gentleman grab a parcel. And usually when you grab a parcel, you go into your house and not away. So I asked the gentleman, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just grabbing my Amazon package. I'm like, I don't think that's yours because I know who lives there. Can you please put it down? And he did and he walked away. But that kind of sparked the idea, well... I have a store that's open from 9 a.m. till 8 p.m. Monday to Friday and Saturdays 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. I'm in the perfect time range to receive parcels. So, and people want a safe location. Well, I have a safe location because I'm here. I'm the owner. You're, anytime you walk into Gorilla Jack Supplements, you deal with the owners. No, there's no store clerks. There's no, you know, people here part-time. We are the owners and that's who you're going to deal with. So when you come into our store, uh, you can guarantee if you have your parcel delivered, uh, what happens is all we ask is that you put your name on the parcel, let us know that you're delivering it to Gorilla Jack Supplements, and we will receive it and keep it safe for you. And when you come down to pick it up, all we ask is for a minimum donation of $1. Uh, you can always donate more. That's always positive. And uh, we, we take that donation, and we're going to be donating it to Main Street Project. So it just takes $1 to uh, send it here and keep your package safe? Absolutely, because like... Uh, my dad always said, right, like, if you can do a little to help a lot, why not, right? So this is our little way of helping out in the North End because what if that's someone's Christmas present? What if that's someone's special thing that they've been looking for for two or three weeks because they saved up the money to buy it on Amazon? That would be so frustrating to me to have come home and that parcel's missing. So if we can prevent that and, you know, make sure someone gets their gift on time during the holiday season, why not? You mentioned to me prior that uh, charities will be rotating how do you choose those charities? Uh, based on uh, what we're going to do is either month to month or every couple months, we're just going to rotate the charity. So we're going to stick between the, the two that we mentioned in, in the previous articles and on the post. It's going to be Shalom Mission and Main Street Project. Uh, they're near and dear to my heart because, you know, we're on Main Street and Main Street Project is on Main Street. And Shalom Mission's always been a, a wonderful cause. And I just think uh, helping the homeless is a nice thing to do. And I think we live in Canada and um, we have the means as a country to help. Uh, the people just have to get organized and pool the resources so we can do it. You kind of already answered this question, but why is it important that Gorilla Jack help local charities? It is important for Gorilla Jack to help local charities 
because it's in us as humans and as people to do better. Because if we can help each other, even just a little bit, even 1%, if everyone gives 1% and a 1,000 people give 1%, that's a lot. Absolutely. So for those looking for more information about Gorilla Jack and the Safe Drop Parcel Program, uh, where can they go and how can they learn more about you? Absolutely. The simplest thing to do is you can direct message us on Instagram at Gorilla Jack, or you can even call us uh, toll free on our line here. Uh, It's 204-697-5884. Give us a shout, ask the questions, and we'll simply receive it. We get phone calls every day. Uh, We'll receive the parcel and keep it safe for you uh, until you're ready to pick it up. Awesome. So before I let you go, what is one thing you love about Winnipeg? And is there anything else that you would like to add? I think Winnipeg is the biggest small town in the world. And um, it's, it's got that power of people still care. And I think a lot of people do care in the city and especially in this north end. Right. You, you see neighbors helping neighbors, building garages and all these things. And all I ask is that everyone try their best. Think a little bit outside the box and jump out there and help out. Give a helping hand, whether it's opening a door or just being kind. My dad's biggest thing was always to say, like, you know, if you can spread a little bit of kindness as you go throughout your day, whether it's to the coffee lady or if you're going to a store or whatever, say hello, be kind, use the person's name if they have a name tag. And that little bit of difference might make that person's day. For our listeners online shopping for Black Friday this month, choose Gorilla Jack at 1665 Main as your package drop-off location and keep your packages safe while helping a good cause. Thank you to Bernard and the entire Gorilla Jack team for sharing their story of impact. If you or anyone you know is making an impact in our city, message us on social media by searching the Winnipeg Foundation at WPGFDN or reach out and call us at 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. We'd love to hear about it. This is Sonny Pomolo, and you're listening to Because Radio. Thanks, Sonny. We're just about out of time on today's program, but before we go, we wanted to highlight another local business that's making an impact here in our city. Nathan Detroit's Sandwich Pad, which is in the Richardson Building Concourse at Portage and Main and just a couple of doors down from the CJNU studios, is having Super Wednesdays each Wednesday in November. That's right. So each Wednesday in November, for every large bowl of homemade soup sold, Nathan Detroit's is gifting $1 to the community fund here at the Winnipeg Foundation. It's a great way to support a great cause, so make a note on your calendar for Soup on Wednesdays in November at Nathan Detroit's. Welcome back to Because Radio. Robert and Sonny here with you today. Next week on the show, we're switching our focus for a very special episode highlighting the wonderful initiatives supporting communities outside of Winnipeg. That's right. The Endow Manitoba 24-Hour Giving Challenge takes place on Saturday, November 16th, and when you support your hometown community foundation's undesignated fund during the challenge, your $5 gift becomes 7 thanks to stretch funding from the Manitoba government and the Winnipeg Foundation. For further details on the 24-Hour Giving Challenge, please visit endowmb.org. 
Manitoba is home to a quarter of the community foundations in Canada, so on next week's show to highlight the 24-hour giving challenge, we'll learn more about some of the events that are taking place on that day to promote the challenge, as well as the many ways in which Manitoba foundations are supporting their communities. That's a wrap for today's episode of Because Radio. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you to all of our guests who joined us today. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. Our Because Radio theme music, Call of the North, was written and performed by Micah Ehrenberg. You can find more of his music at micaehehrenberg.com. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org. Again, that's becauseradio.org. And if you have any feedback about today's show, ideas for stories, or Winnipeg Impact Makers, please give us a call at 204-944-9474, extension 360. Or you can email us at becauseradio at wpgfdn.org. And you can also follow the Winnipeg Foundation on social media at WPGFDN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Robert Zirk, signing off for Because Radio. And I'm Sonny Pomolo. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.